It is a reminder to the priest and any deacon who serves that we get to proclaim these gospels about beware of the scribes who like to go around in long robes. As I looked out on the congregation, I saw only two of us in long robes, <laughs> accepting greetings in the marketplaces. Oh, no, no, not Father, Monsignor Riley, <laughs> says Andy, not me. Uh, it, yeah, it's a title, but I, I, prefer, I prefer the one I worked for for a long time, went to school for. Um, but nonetheless, it's, it is a privilege to be here with you today this weekend and next. Months ago when Father Jim asked me to cover for him, uh, he mentioned that this weekend especially was the one scheduled for the annual presentation on the stewardship of treasure. In January, there's the stewardship of time. In March, the stewardship of uh, talent. And in November, the stewardship of treasure. I presume it's because we really are moving towards the end of the calendar year and they've already begun to look at some budgeting things because uh, with the diocese you do a fiscal year, which is really July to June. But nonetheless, asking for some kind of a commitment. And I'll, I'll get around to that. It, that's going to happen at, at the liturgy, the beginning of it today. Uh, I, I looked at the readings and I thought, okay, that's going to be easy because it's the widow. Uh, given everything she had, but that might be more of something you might haul out if you're going to do a, a, a fun drive, not necessarily just the weekly things. But as I looked at it, I noticed that there's more to this than simply that. There's no question that two widows mentioned in the scriptures today were certainly exemplary in their generosity. And that's that's a part of the, the whole picture here. The widow of Zarephath wasn't about to prepare her next meal. She was about to prepare her last meal. Then she encounters the prophet Elijah. Zarephath is a Gentile territory. She is a Gentile. He is a Jew. There had been a, a drought in the whole land for two years already. And unknown to her at the time, it was going to go on for yet another year, which she could never have survived. Not with what was left, because that was the end of it. Elijah persists in asking her for something for himself first. With the assurance that there would be enough. Enough oil, enough flour, enough water. She shows true hospitality. This Gentile woman, Jews and Gentiles, they kind of stayed as far away from each other as they could because, well, some things never change. We have those kind of things going on in the world today too, but nonetheless, she shows hospitality to this holy Jew and is rewarded with enough. She says in the passage, no, we've already put that book away. So she says in the passage, your God. So she, she recognizes something different than she herself has when she speaks to him. 
In the gospel, Jesus doesn't approach the widow who puts her two copper coins into the temple treasury to tell her what a great sacrifice she has made. Instead, he notices her and he points her out to his disciples as a person to be praised for her generosity and her trust, her sincerity. The scribes and the Pharisees who are mentioned in the, the beginning of the gospel today uh, are noted for dissipating, well, I, I guess we, I have to back up a moment. The widows might, because they have no one to care for them, widows might have a little bit of means and they would entrust it to the scribes so that they could be taken care of by someone. It was the patriarchal society and that was the way it worked. We're not saying it's better than today or it's worse than today. It was then and this is now. No annuities, no social security, none of that stuff, no insurance policies to fall back on. What little they had from whatever they inherited, they entrusted to the scribes to take care of them. And it says in the gospel that those guys went through those some of those widows' resources faster than termites in a lumber yard. And so, in a sense, we kind of encounter this woman today in her sincerity. There was hypocrisy on their part. Oh, we'll take care of you. We'll especially say long prayers for you because that's going to make God really happy. And God would have been happy with the justice if they had shown it. But they didn't. She had this sincerity about her. And he pointed that out. He noticed that. And he commended her to others. As an example, if he had simply gone up to her and thanked her, commended her, it might not have been within earshot of anybody else. But he wanted them to know how this, of course, had that ripple effect, you know? Let's get this out farther and farther and farther. He noticed the others who made contributions mostly from their surplus not their want or their need. Both stories, the uh, Old Testament story and the gospel, acknowledge the generosity of these two widows. We really need to take a step back, though, to recognize the motivation of each of them, which was gratitude to God for what they had and a willingness to open their own hands so as to share it. A powerful example in the scriptures today. The stewardship of time and talent and treasure doesn't begin with us. It's already started before us. It begins with God. That's, that's always the issue. If it doesn't begin with God then we've missed the most important part. God is the source of everything we have. Time and talent and treasure. When we start from that point, we already have a better framework for building a life based 
on gratitude, and then on generosity. This attitude of gratitude switches almost everything around. We look at things from a different angle, a a different perspective. Instead of envisioning ourselves as a center point, we give that place over to God. What a concept. That's the way it's supposed to be. God in the middle. I remember as a kid, we had a Victrola. Later we got something more high-tech, a turntable. But we had a Victrola, and it had a crank on the side of it. And it had records, 33s, 78s. I'd probably have a fortune in my pocket if I had those now. But once in a while, we would get a record. You don't know it until you get it home to play it. We would get a record where the hole that was supposed to, you know, you'd put that over the spindle and it would sit right there on the record and turntable where the hole was not quite in the middle. Uh, You know, the music didn't sound quite as nice uh, and the singing was uh, pretty weird. Uh, Now that's us. When we get in the middle, when the Lord's in the middle, uh, there's some beautiful music. There's great harmony. It all is better. God is, is to be rightfully there in the center. Because in the end, when he is there and we realize that he has given us, Everything, in the end, what do we take with us? Nothing. Not a thing. Except whatever we have entrusted to the Lord in gratitude, in thanks. Whatever we have given away, in effect, we have sent ahead. And that's all that we have. The generosity of our hearts. At this time, I'd like to ask you, who are near the ends of the rows, if you could pass this stewardship page down to others that are there, if there's not enough to pass to everybody, um, share. Already, there is our stewardship of treasure. I invite you to offer this stewardship prayer along with me. Lord, you are the giver of all. May the way I give be an expression of my love for you, my desire to imitate the gift of your Son, Jesus. Help me to discern what I truly need, your love and your grace, and to put all I have in service to you. I ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. First of all, thank you for your support, the support you've offered here at St. Michael Church through your time and your talent and your treasure already. Uh, This is not new to you. I was told last night, oh, 
Father Riley, don't you worry. These, these people know about stewardship. They've been at this for a long time. And so thank you. Because every bit of it, whether it's time, talent, or treasure, calls for a commitment from us. The handout on the second side, the back side, if you will, has that grid that talks about uh, the worksheet, asking people to take a look at what is there, measuring ourselves up according to these simple percentages. And I invite you, take this home with you. That's the purpose of it. This is your worksheet. Uh, Father Jim is giving you homework, not me. I'm just the substitute teacher. Uh, so to take this sheet home and look at, fill this in, look at the numbers. It's sometimes we think we know what's going on, but then we start putting the numbers down and we say, hmm, it's not exactly what I thought. And so it's helpful to look at this. When they talk about a tithe for stewardship, it's not just to the parish, there is that, but then there's some, a full tithe of 10%, something that goes to the diocese. I consider that probably DSA. And then there are other charities. So it's, I mean, if you can do 10% to the parish and then the others besides, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Uh, perhaps you're not at that point great gratitude still prompts this generosity. Some may be able to make a stewardship increase this year, a step, if you will, from one percentage point, whatever yours might be, to the next one. Maybe you can't make any increase at all. Thank you for what you are doing. Perhaps uh, you can make a half percent increase. That is for your prayerful consideration. This sheet is intended for you to look at for this next week and then to snip off, tear off, whatever you want to do with this bottom piece, what you are going to be able to do in the coming year. And there'll be a basket here at the front. As I say, you know how this whole thing works way better than I do. But we ask you to return that. Bring it with you next week. That bottom portion that speaks about the percentage that you're going to be working from for your income to church and charity. Uh, you're not being asked to put a number in there that is so many dollars and Father Jim's not asking you to provide your W-2. You know, there are some congregations that do that. Uh, this is not a guilt trip. This is uh, a work of gratitude before God. All are asked to prayerfully consider what you believe you can do for the next calendar year. Use the worksheet form and then return the uh, actual percentage number, whether you give weekly or monthly or annually. Uh, maybe this is going to be the year, if you haven't done it already, when you 
transition into whatever that process is, the EFTs, electronic fund transfer, or the ACH, whatever the heck that is, I don't know. Uh, all I know is that I started that uh, back about 10 years ago, and every month, without fail, they suck that money right out of there, and it goes to the parish. Whether I'm around or not, I mean, I guess once I'm in the grave, it's going to stop. But uh, I don't have to remember to do it. I didn't have to remember when I was there or on vacation. It happened. If I was gone at the first of the month, I didn't want to overspend on vacation because there was supposed to be some money there to go to the parish. But it happens automatically. And maybe, maybe you're not ready for that. Maybe that's just too foreign to you. Fine. Uh, continue in the method that you're using right now. Let me conclude with something a little lighter. A life insurance salesman visited a woman who had recently been widowed. For 35 years, her late husband had sacrificed much in order to sustain a substantial life insurance policy. So the insurance agent said to her, your husband often told me how determined he was that you would be well provided for after he was gone. And so here I am, he continued, to present you as the sole beneficiary with this check for $500,000. The widow tearfully accepted the check. She wiped her eyes and said, nothing can replace that wonderful husband of mine who left me this money. But I can tell you for certain, I'd give at least half of it now to have him back. Thank you for that. <laughs> God bless you all this week in your prayerful consideration of your own stewardship of treasure.